Surviving the Odds How long do people live after they get cancer? It's a useful question, especially since one in two of us will develop a form of cancer in our lifetime. The answer depends on a host of factors, including the type of cancer, its location and stage of advancement, whether it's spread to other parts of the body, one's age and health at time of diagnosis, the doctor's skills, and the nature and the extent of medical treatment. Cancer survival rates describe the percentage of people who survive a certain type of cancer within a defined time period. Cancer statistics often use a 5 or 10 year survival rate. In Australia, for example, the 5 year survival rate for bladder cancer is 78%, meaning that of all people diagnosed with this cancer, on average 78 in every 100 people are alive 5 years after their diagnosis. By contrast, pancreatic cancer is highly deadly. On average, only 9 people in 100 survive 5 years from diagnosis. In 1985, the paleontologist Stephen J. Gould wrote a provocative essay called The Median Isn't the Message after he was diagnosed with abdominal mesothelioma, a rare and deadly cancer which at that time had an average life expectancy of just eight months. When he examined the survival curve for his cancer, Gould noticed a lot of variation around the median or midpoint. Although average survival was eight months, many patients survived for shorter and longer time periods. He also noticed that the survival curve was skewed to the right with a long tail. This told him that a few rare patients had survived for many years, far longer than the average patient. Gould decided that he wanted to be among the long-term survivors, so he chose a course of treatment involving surgery and chemotherapy, despite the odds that he had only a few months to live. In his essay, he wrote... It has become, in my view, a bit too trendy to regard acceptance of death as something tantamount to intrinsic dignity. Of course, I agree with the preacher of Ecclesiastes that there is a time to love and a time to die, and when my skein runs out, I hope to face the end calmly and in my own way. For most situations, however, I prefer the more martial view that death is the ultimate enemy and I find nothing reproachable in those who rage mightily against the dying of the light. Gould was rare and fortunate. He survived another 20 years before dying in 2002 of an unrelated cancer. But the patients with metastatic lung cancer in Jennifer Temmel's study weren't so lucky. Even the longest surviving patients lived a little more than three years from the time of diagnosis. The fact is that some ailments are incurable and highly fatal, regardless of a person's determination to live or employ the power of modern medicine. These ailments include conditions like motor neurone disease, the dementias, Parkinson's disease, chronic kidney disease, emphysema, cystic fibrosis, chronic obstructive pulmonary disease, and many of the cancers. Depending on the specifics of a disease, and all the other factors affecting survival, 
Some people live for many years with fatal conditions, though often with a diminished quality of life and compromised independence. But many who face a more certain and imminent death want a cure. And thanks to human ingenuity, we have the skills, drugs and medical infrastructure for those who want to roll the dice for another shot at life. As we've seen, some diseases have a better prognosis than others and can be treated with a high degree of success. But when a prognosis is unpromising, either because the disease is advanced or highly virulent or it hasn't abated despite several lines of therapy, health professionals may feel pressure to offer more treatments despite their low odds of success. Palliative care expert Dr Kate White says this about the slippery slope of treatment. Often when someone is told that their disease isn't responding to treatment, the next question will be, well, what else can you offer me? And I think this puts a clinician in a difficult position because they may respond to the patient by saying, well, we could do A or we could just wait and see. But the minute something is on the table, it's human nature to choose the A. Now the thing about the A is that if you're sitting on the patient side, you think, well, the doctor wouldn't have mentioned it if they didn't think it was warranted in my case. But on the doctor's side, they may be privately thinking, look, there is this option. I don't think it's got much of a chance, so I'd recommend we take a wait-and-see approach. 